What's going on, everybody? This is Steve here, and this week we did Darren Hardy's The Compound Effect. I actually read this book for the first time last year, and ever since, I've been the biggest proponent of habits. The simple concept that these small steps you take in the moment seem insignificant, but they add up over time. I can't stress enough how much it's impacted my life, and rereading it really refueled that fire to track things, to make progress, and to eventually build that momentum that works in your favor. So really hope you guys enjoy this episode, and I hope you join us Thursday. We do a live book club every Thursday. The link is in the show notes. If you have any trouble, if you have any questions, DM me on Instagram, Books the Business Podcast. We hope to see you there and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Books to Business Podcast. Today we are doing The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Jumpstart your income, your life, and your success. This is a great book. It's, it's, a, it's um, what would you say? Simple kind of intuitive, not a lot of minutia, to the point, easy read, you can do it in a day, and there's some good stuff in there. Oh, easily a day. Yeah, um, stuff you put in your back pocket for, for a, a rainy day, rainy situation. If you use our speed reading algorithm, you can knock this out in under two hours. I did, two runs. Yeah, at two points, about four, four hours, or four hours on, on regular speed. I, would, I thought it was loaded with, maybe not at the time, but a lot of cliches. Yeah. Which are good ones. These right. are these are the best ones. They're not bad. Cliche isn't really that bad, is it? Is it a bad thing? No. I mean, I, so there's nothing. I'll put it that way. There's nothing in here that I've never heard before. Mm. I, you'd probably say the same, right? But sometimes the way he phrased things and, you know, like uh, we'll talk a little bit about certain things like tracking your day and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that I read that and I'm like, ooh, you know, I should go back and revisit that, maybe start doing that. Yeah, tracking and um, he started out with the concept of the elephants. You know, elephants don't bite. They're too big to bite. They, it would, you know, they'd gobble you up, but he said the mosquitoes are the ones that bite you. Right. And then you start to feel them after it happens a lot. That was a good, good concept about, it's not the big things, it's the little, little things that you do consistently, repeatedly. They're not necessarily sexy or, or even difficult to do. They're just, they're just things you have to do regularly and, and with uh, consistency and get that, what he calls the compound effect. Yeah, that's the, the perfect way to open it up. I mean, that's that's what the book's about. The little things where he says it's just as easy to not do it as it is to do it, but it's every single day. And, you know, he he, he compares like three people at the beginning. Uh, one person that does, you know, the wrong thing, the right thing, mm-hmm. and then who was the neutral guy? The, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There were three people, but the bottom line is like a few months out, you, you couldn't even really tell a difference because their little changes hadn't added up enough but when you really get into i think he said 18 months you're talking two years three years four years that's yeah. when the big differences are made the 27 month yeah there was one guy that didn't do anything different he lived his own day like he lives every day no right. big changes that's the down the two inch domino that has action potential to knock over more but doesn't just knocks itself over and over and over again lives one day at a time too many too many people get stuck in that routine uh, but tracking is going to be a, a new, a new um, I think, a new vice that people need to be aware of. Because there's new vices that exist that didn't exist when he had this book. What do you mean when you say vice? Well, vices are things that can take away from your life. Um, I mean, alcohol, food, sugar, uh, sedentary lifestyle, but media. Because yeah, he references the iPad, the iPod. 
right. a lot in this. That was it was the iPod that he talked about. And Just no, consuming the, information, yeah, actually. gobbling up content. You know, right. we, depending on what you're uh, doing, and there's there's a concept of education versus entertainment ratio, because some people are entertained by certain things that aren't productive. Um, you know, some form of media it could be could be uh, rhetoric and no, news and stuff like that, and other people. Uh, don't spend enough time offsetting that with education, learning something new. Yeah. People consume, consume, consume. Well, you and I like biographies. So we're, that's, a, that's a double deal. It's entertaining and educational. I love biographies. I do, too. They're the oh, I watch them every night if It's I funny. We'll, we'll be a good test case for that. I mean, because we, we just the nature of this, and it's such an incredible thing, right? Doing a book a week and learning so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it'll be like, what do, what do we do with it? You know, because that's that's what matters. What are you doing right. with the content, and how does it ultimately evolve for us? Yeah, I haven't uh, tracked my time like I probably should. You should see the glorious sunset over your left shoulder right now. You don't get the luxury of seeing that. Oh. <laughs> it's just fantastic. Um, I was almost, almost caught looking at it. Um, the beautiful things in life. See, we're busy with not noticing things like that. That's when life passes you by. But. I mean that, that these are this book was probably at least twenty five years old because he referenced his his mentor was Jim Rohn. No, was it that old? It's got to be. It's got to be. See what year was the book? I'll look it up. It's got to be twenty years old plus. No shit. It's got to be. Um, but that his mentor was Jim Rohn, who's also Tony Robbins' mentor, and Brian Tracy. These are all the the pioneers in self help. There it is. What year? Two thousand and ten. Mm-hmm. So it was only ten years old. Yeah, some of the stuff in wow. here is pretty modern. That means, what that means, I'm really wrong. That means the iPod, the iPod was in the, in the book. That's what dated the book for me. I thought that was longer, but the iPod was only that long ago, wasn't it? When he uses it as an example of... He talked about the iPod, not the iPhone and Apple a little bit. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. remember that specific part. Yeah. I, it was just a quick section. I just picked up on it. But Yeah, the I, I think iPods were still around... Were they? Ten three years ago? Year, they were. Three years ago. They were? Yeah. Like, you could, you could still walk into a Best Buy and grab an iPod. It'd be, like, really marked down and not even, it wouldn't even really make sense to get, but yeah. they're, still, they're still there. <laughs> Would you even imagine I buying know, one now? Funny. That's why I was thinking, this, that's how fast life is, could come past us here. I know. It's crazy. Because it's a 10-year-old book, and it seems like it's old technology. Life changes. But what doesn't change is the famous, would you rather have... $3 million cash today or a penny double daily for 31 days. How about you, Steve? I remember it from the book, so I know oh, the answer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, why don't you unpack it? I, <laughs> I feel like we know. So, well, some people don't never heard it. It's, fun, it's hard to me. I heard this at least 25 times in my life. Yeah. yeah no, I'm saying let's yeah. unpack it. Steve and I cheated. We read. Yeah. The, the uh, unpacked is that a penny double daily after just four days is only eight cents. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have $3 million and four days into it, you have eight cents. 15 days in, you got the $3 million on one hand and 163 bucks. And then you go out, I think it's around day 20. Get the crazy crap. Yeah, it starts to compound, like it's doubling. And on day 20, it's $5,200 versus the 3 million. And that starts to double, five to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 40, 40 to 80, 80 to 160, 160 to 335. 671, 1.3 million on day 28, 2.6 on day 29, 5.3 million on day 30, and then 10.7 million on day 31. So the penny double is the way to go, no question about it. 
Well, I, I look at this when I do, uh, I used to interview people. I'd tell them about this exercise. And I'd say, would you rather have, um, I said it, two to the 10th power. You know what two to the 10th power is? And it's, uh, I think it's 1024, right? I knew, I remember I was a number. I go, what is two to the ninth power? It's half of that, five something, right? 512. It doubled in that ninth year. And what I saw when people were bouncing around with their resumes, they bounce around every two years, they never got that compounding effect with their career. So I used to use this exact example that you're never going to get that, um, that blast off phase of compounding. So you, you would say like, why are you bouncing around so much? You're losing oh, your compounding. Right. Yeah. The, the early dollar earns the most in compounding and it does in time too. The early dialer moves, uh, earns the most. In fitness, the, the hard pain you get in the first couple times you work out gets the biggest reward because it creates that. Of course, he talks about momentum. Mo. Big Mo, yeah. So yeah. that same metaphor, the water pump, you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, same, same exact thing. It's just like when you're, you're trying to you know, pump water, the, the first couple pumps are the hardest to get it going. You have to really push down. You have to exert energy. And then it's really just maintaining. Do you ever pump out of a well? I've never pumped yeah. out of a well. It does that. You could start and you get it going. And then if you like turn away to, um, you know, to get it in a bucket, yep. it'll stop. And you got to pump it all the way back up depending on how, how long down the well is. It's pretty cool. Um, that is cool. I, I love that, that that's the idea. It's like it's really um, – I like it because when we look at, at, at a lot of things that we want just – theoretically in life they seem huge mm-hmm. and it, this is kind of like just don't stop you know like anyone can do one little thing and it compounds and it becomes something substantial over time it just kind of takes the pressure it's like the way he puts it is like anyone can do little things every day mm-hmm. anyone can oh yeah that. definitely yeah that unsuccess uh unsexy unsexy stuff yeah. nothing flashy nothing big i have a funny story to tell you it's about somebody that's a friend of mine that's actually a listener. And this guy likes to drink beer, right? Mm-hmm. And he likes to drink Budweiser beer. And he, he came to visit us. You remember us about a few months ago. I do. Actually, it was in the fall for the uh, Patriots game. On my birthday, he came down. He's drinking Budweiser. And he, drinks, he says he drinks about five beers a day. So he's a daily drinker and drinks these five beers a day. And I said, why don't you switch to Bud Light? If you go from Bud to Bud Light, you go, a, Bud, a Budweiser has 145 calories. A Bud, a Bud Light has 110. So you lose 35 calories per beer times five was 175 calories a day. Now, that's a, in, in, let's see, 3,500 calories is a pound. So I think in 20, within 20 days, that's 3,500 calories, right? So in 20 days, you lose a pound. And I said, also, so you delete the bud and add in a half-hour walk. There's about another 175 calories. So that was a 350 calorie per day swing by adding, deleting, and modifying something. It's a big deal. Yeah, that's a swap. That's like a, that's a, a recovery of a lost opportunity. It's huge. And he lost, 10, he lost 10 pounds so fast. He's like, I lost all this weight. I said, it's, it's just simple math. Yeah. You know? Thirty-five hundred calories in in ten days. He's killing it now. I think, yeah, I know. I saw the evidence. They uh, <laughs> he talks about that with training too, to some extent. Like the you know, remember the guy you work with? It was like all motivated to lose a ton of weight. He's like, I'm going to do two hours every day. Yeah. 
And he's like, no, man, you, you'll, there's no way you'll make it when things get difficult. He's yeah. like, make it a little, make it manageable. You give up once, you lose everything. Right. You, yeah, you got you to gotta make it so you can easily do it. How long is, it, is the, the idea about building a habit? How many days? I've I know heard, everyone's I've heard, different, but. I've heard, I've heard three weeks. I've heard 67 days, and Ty Lopez is 67 steps. I've heard a year. Yeah. It's more than a week, though. You know, right? <laughs> um, that, you know, when momentum's on your side, if you don't interrupt the momentum, you ever go away on vacation and just destroy all your habits? Yes. Yeah. You come back and it's impossible. Yeah, it's like starting all over again. Do you ever go away on vacation with people that you went to college with and just cremate and destroy all habits, like beyond recognition? <laughs> Sounds like you have a story. <laughs> no, I just like, well, he, he visits on the concept of environment. You know, your environment will dictate your outcomes. And if you're, let's pretend you're in a great habit and you have a college reunion and you end up with your old college buddies for, you know, four days or five days, you, you break the momentum and all the good things and you add in old bad things, the net effect will be an average of a, of a not as good thing as that you left with. Same thing with traveling, you could argue, you know, yeah. it's like. Yeah, I, I hit that last year. I started traveling a lot and. I lost a lot of momentum. Even with that little travel scale, it's tough. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, different routines and tracking, because um, he visits on tracking a lot. You know, we want to track what you want to bring awareness to money, weight, time, um, any vice, any progress towards anything you're trying to do better at, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can't manage what you can't measure. And when you track, you can, you can at least have a, a, a barometer or a, you know, a measurement tool to, to improve upon it. Like weighing yourself every day was one of the best ways to lose weight. You know, if you do nothing else and just weigh yourself every day, your brain will start to figure out what helps you lose weight and you'll get to where you want to be. 100%. Yeah. Because he says that, you know, one, one of the biggest, or the first step to change is awareness. And mm. so to your point, tracking something like your weight, at the very least, it makes you aware. Yeah. It becomes tangible, becomes real, and it's something you can stare at. You know, you can hang around with skinny guys like Steve and you can get shamed into looking good too. There you go. Because by contrast, even if you look okay, you look horrible. That's another whole problem. Well, thank you. <laughs> you, have a, you have other faults, but that's one, that's, that's one of the good things. <laughs> that's a, um, you know, a concept of, you know, of what, of what awareness is and, and, and being the average of the people. You know, another concept is, you know, you, and this is another cliche, you know, this I know has existed longer than that when I heard it, but you become the some average of the five people you spend the most time with. It's 100% true. Yeah. You know, they're, they're in every area. You know, you become that person. It's kind of an interesting exercise. You eat like they, you think like they think. Yeah. I mean, it's just. You earn like they earn. You spend like they spend. You, you're, you're, you're good and bad demeanor i mean it goes it goes away you start talking like them if you do it for long enough you, you start talking different the same yeah you start aligning politically i'm sure you start to like the, even if you got a someone on the far right and a far left merging together i'm sure both will walk away from a long-term experience a little more close to middle i'll bet you that's interesting i remember reading that like couples uh start to look yeah. like each other after oh yeah time. oh yeah Oh yeah, and then uh, people look like their the dogs. The one example, they look like what? Their dogs. 
people start to look like their dog. <laughs> I never heard that one. Really? I believe it. I don't know if they start to look like them, but there's always that thing where people walk in a dog and they kind of look like their dog. Like, oh, that person matches their dog. <laughs> I never heard that before. You say the same thing about cars, too. <laughs> yeah, kind of. look like your dog. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Um, Do you look like your car? No, I hate my car. <laughs> I hope because I hate that car. You know, I disconnected my radio because every time I get in, it starts playing the, the theme from Hamilton. Yeah. I you love that. I, disconnected, I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't put up with it anymore. I had to get rid of it. New York City. I think my favorite story from the book um, was the, the oak tree and the sapling and the little weed. Do you remember that one? Yeah, the kid pulling out the... That one was my favorite. I'll give a quick Tell recap it, yeah. for it. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll read it because I actually pulled it up. It's way better than if me, I recap it. So a wise teacher was taking a stroll through the forest with a young pupil and stopped before a tiny tree. Pull up that sapling, the teacher instructed his pupil, pointing to a sprout just coming up from the earth. The youngster pulled it up easily with his fingers. Now pull up that one, said the teacher, indicating a more established sapling that had grown to about knee high to the boy. With little effort, the lad yanked and the tree came up, roots and all. And now this one, said the teacher, nodding toward a more well-developed evergreen that was as tall as the young pupil. With great effort, throwing all his weight and strength into the task, using sticks and stones, he found to pry up the stubborn roots. The boy finally got the tree loose. Now, the wise one said, I'd like you to pull up this one. The young boy followed the teacher's gaze, which fell upon a mighty oak so tall that the boy could scarcely see the top. Knowing the great struggle he just had pulling up the much smaller tree, he simply told his teacher, I am sorry, but the much smaller tree... Uh, oh, sorry. I'm sorry, but I can't. My son, you've just demonstrated the power. The habits will hang over your life. The older they are, the bigger they get, the deeper the roots grow, and the harder they are to uproot. Some get so big with roots so deep, you might hesitate to even try. That one really impacted me. I mm. love that. Because it goes for positive and negative. Yeah. You, you think of the positive ones, you're like, that's so awesome for my positive ones because I can't fall over but then the negative ones it's like you takes a lot to climb back down that mountain and start over if you have a bad habit can you think of an example in your life steve where you, you did something like that um i think one might have been sleep habits because i used to need the tv and it was like very very hard to get a good night's sleep it was like so many things had to be built up where i had like a really bad pattern of needing to watch the tv so I, it took me a long time to even fall asleep without it on and now I have a habit of going to sleep without it, and then I love it. So that, but that was like a two-year process, probably. So that might be a good one, uh, but I'll think about it. Yeah, TV is definitely an issue I see. There's got to be some kind of subliminal messaging in that TV. Some people <laughs> just can't stop watching it. It's, it's, it's just loaded with stimulus of your brain. Yeah. Negative. Like pain. It's all the cognitive biases. Yeah. Pain, reward, scarcity, social proof, authority. How did he reference that? A water. Remember? Oh. It's like perfect with what you're saying right now. The wa the the glass of oh, the, water, the muddy fast. water, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, TV's muddy water. It's muddy water. It really is. Uh, in fact, I have a I have a belief, and I want you your help. Uh, I want to do the information network, the true information, only information, nothing else. <laughs> no, no framing, no picking away at it, no actors. You know, acting. I'm, what are they called? Oh, broadcasters and journalists. I mean, actors. Like, just real information. It's 80 degrees out, right? It's going to be 75 tomorrow. <laughs> it might rain. You know, not like there's a 90%. Remember the chance? There's a 90% chance that it won't rain tomorrow. Like, what does that just mean? What? What, do I got to go to Walmart and buy water? Toilet paper? You know? <laughs> so let me, let me throw this at you. Information, man. Just pure information. Let me throw this at you. This is going to be interesting. So let's say you do that. Mm -hmm. 
I still think the issue will be you can take any set of numbers, any reality, any factual situation, mm-hmm. and you'll have people interpret it and internalize it to their narrative and their story. Mm-hmm. So you'd probably still have some type of... But I guess that would be the point, though. I mean, you can let the museum, world decide. Yeah, use the inf- it's like the old Dewey Decimal System, man. The books are there. Look it up. Grab the one you want. You'll get, you should get accurate information. This all spins from the toxicity in the muddy water of television, you know, as it relates to getting it's in the way of your productivity. Whereas if you can go to one source in two seconds and get clear information on the real crime, the real threat of this, you know, the real data on this, uh, on this current healthcare crisis and the riots. I mean, I don't know whether they're sensationalized. I've still not seen one. Uh, I've not been downtown, but it's, I mean, I don't know. I don't believe big I, ones I, in I, some cities. I'm sure, but I flat out, think that there's always some kind of slant on it right either way the reason people watch a lot of tv is it's very interesting and their brain's like triggering dopamine and it's perceived threats that's why you're you're compelling uh you're you're compelled to save uh to to watch it because you think you're going to survive by watching tv yeah right and that's really what it is and you might think like it's uh a little thing or it's like he he literally talks about executive level clients that he said to stop listening to the news on the way to and from work and instead change the muddy water with some clean water yeah and their lives began to change just because i I used to think this was kind of like i don't know what's another way to say like woo woo like not like like consuming this stuff changes the way you think and your perception, your outlook, but it really does. If you look at it like a leaky faucet, just the negativity coming in like all the time. The compound effect of that, again, to, right. this, to this book, it's a little bit of the, it, early on it might be shocking to you to hear it, but you're, you're also, because it's so shocking, your brain is wired for pro-survival activity. You want to pay attention. Like this is something that could potentially threaten my existence. Uh, so it's reward and pain bias. The first two biases, like it's loaded with that. It's loaded with false authority. Yeah. You know, it's loaded with social proof as much as you can get. You know, everyone else is doing it, so they 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 can stack the deck. The bottom line is, it's not pure information a lot of times on both sides of the of the aisle, and that's muddy water. Like clean water would be pure information. Or yeah. just get off it for a little while. Or information that you need. Where would right? you get good information, though? But you don't even need a lot of that information. Like, I hate to say it, especially, I mean, I think we all need to be informed, mm-hmm. but especially at the federal level. So much of that stuff, it's just, it's not part of our world. Right. And, and it doesn't been need an election to be. for two years. It doesn't they've need been, to be. They've, been, they've been fighting each other. But the same would be true with, like, your body, uh, what you take into your body. Mm. You know, if you're taking in a lot of toxicity, chemicals, preservatives, processed food, sugar, things that your body is pro-survival, you know, wants. But if you, once you get away from it, you know, going organic, like even if you're in an environment where organic is the only option, like like we were in Costa Rica last year, within four days, your digestive system starts changing. Right. Just like that. You just feel better. You feel better. Yeah. And you sleep better. Yeah. And there's no electricity on. So you also have, there's some kind of thing going on with electricity. The electric waves are gone. So it's more peaceful. Right. That's why when people go, they don't want to leave. They don't, a lot of people just go on vacation there and they move there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they create arbitrage with the geography. Oh. But they also, I think they sleep better. There's less stress. I mean, the compounding effect of toxicity is I think one of the most incredible threats to 
us as, as humans. I agree. You know, chemicals, dietary, financial Stress. toxicity, you know, learning aberrations and learning are all Stress. very concerning. Yeah. And it takes its toll. The body always keeps store, score, right? The body keeps score of everything. Talk about tracking. Your body tracks everything. It tracks your stress. Tracks your, tracks what you what crosses your lips. It tracks what goes into your brain. Tracks everything, and that that loads up. So the vice check is about that too, right? See if you're the alpha dog in your relationship with your vices. Yeah. What are the vices, Steve? My vices. <laughs> you. <laughs> Oh, he, the, the common ones like coffee. He likes his coffee, but he wants to check it every time so he's not dependent on it or things right. like that. Sugar, alcohol, recreational drugs, real drugs, pornography. Gambling. Oh, media. Gambling. God, that's a good one. Like the vice check is you got to do a 30-day cleanse. Identify one vice that you're concerned about. Make sure that you're the alpha dog in the relationship. Um, YouTube. And when you get advice, YouTube, <laughs> you got Twitter too. YouTube is, um, or uh, tr uh, the vices have what's called triggers. So if you find yourself doing advice, who are you with? What are you doing? And where are you? Look at that. Because if you eliminate some of that environment, you could very well reduce or ultimately eliminate the momentum in the vice. That's your TED Talk right there. Yeah, dominoes. Who you're with, right? Cutting the roots. It's everything. Yeah. yeah. Your environment. If you like, if you have control over one thing in your life, it's it's who you hang out with, right? Jim Collins and Good to Greats, the bus. You got to get the right people on the bus and the wrong ones off, and then the right seats. Yeah. So the right people are in your life when they're supposed to be there. And you got to be able to trust them. Yeah, because you have friends that are nostalgic. You have friends that are fun. Right. You have friends that aren't fun, but they're necessary and useful. Right. And you got to kind of create that, that formula. Uh, I challenge, I'm challenged with that sometimes. You know, what, 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 what piece? Well, where I spend my time. Like yeah. I just don't, yeah. I mean, you only have so much time, so you got to. I had some relationships I'd like to keep. I just, it's not, not easy to keep them. They're far away, right? They're doing their own thing. You got to pick your spots. Yeah, you do. It's funny. It's like the one, you know, it, it requires effort on both ends. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the ones that should, should be around usually end up being around. Yeah. You know? And then those that had more, more time or convenience that they're available to you through the availability heuristic, right? You, See, you, but you, but you don't you believe it. if something's a priority to you, you'll make time for it? Like, I, I just, I think life is that simple. If something matters, you put it in the front of the line. Well, it's a choice, right? Of course. Yeah. I mean, where you live is a big part of your physical environment. Yeah. I mean, I chose that almost first in my recreated life. Where you were like, going? Yeah, I wanted to see the sun come up in the morning, and I wanted to be, in a, and I wanted to be near two major airports, so I wanted to travel. That was the basis of this initial geographic decision. I didn't want to be cold anymore, as much as I love my friends in New England. Can't oh, yeah. do, I'm done with that. There was, um, when I moved from L.A. to New England, I had... The seasonal, what is it? The seasonal depression thing. Yeah. I just, cause you go from sun, so much sun to so little sun. You're talking like some days you capture like 40 minutes of it driving to school. And then it's dark when you get out. Yeah. The last five like days have word. been kind of crappy here. I felt myself slipping into that a little bit. I was like, oh, it's kind of crappy out. It's been tough for a couple of weeks here, but yeah. I guess there was something going on in the Gulf. 
It's a tropical depression. Ah. See, it's even in the name. Someone I was with was watching <laughs> the news and won't stop watching the damn news. Yeah. It just puts me in a bad Call mood. Talk about out. bookend. Call bookends are out. what you do in the morning and what you do at night. Talk yeah, about your did, bookends. That's kind of Sure. What did you guys think of his morning routine, though? I could talk about mine, uh, but what did you think of his? I, I, I wrote some keynotes about his, if you want me to. Yeah, yeah I forget what but it he, is. I just remember the gratitude component. Yeah, so he said yeah, like in a, he, his morning, oh, he yeah. does eight minutes of uh, gratitude Breeze. and abundance. He sends love, a mental love letter, he called it, to somebody random. Uh, and then he does his his number one goal. I think he does three MVPs as well. Wait, so number one goal or three things he wants to do for the day. My notes are a little strange. And then he does a one hour undistracted of work after that. So starts the day with eight minutes of gratitude, sending love, and picking three things to do for the day. Does one hour of undistracted work. And then after that hour, does 15 minutes of calibration at 7 a.m. Because that's where he's already been up early. And then he does his top three goals, his one-year goal, his five-year goals, just kind of like recalibrating, looking at them, his key quarterly goals, his top goal for the week and the month, and sets top three MVP goals for the day, which are most valuable priorities, I believe. Yeah. Um, And so that was, I thought that was amazing that like he starts it with a little bit of love. He does like a stretching with his coffee. And then the recalibration is something I want to, might try for myself where he does his like morning thing has an hour and then another recalibration and then the rest of his day basically starts with everybody else that he works with um ah man there's the that's cynic in me is that's coming out that's just too much yeah, i thought it was too much too <laughs> and then there's no such thing as the most valuable priority remember priorities there's one. only one priority that's, uh, <laughs> he's pretty successful dude but no i'm not not right no I, I get it but yeah that's that's like here's the here's the uh i, I had something about goals right it's like, are you willing to sacrifice your life for the achievement of this goal? Say right. that again. So, if you said, "What's your what's your number one goal, Steve?" Yeah. What's your what's the number one, what's a goal for you? You don't have to say Oof, something uh, crazy personal, but is it a fitness goal or whatever? I don't know. Maybe maybe I guess dunking could be that one. It's like I've always had. Hey, you want to dunk when you're ninety, right? Yeah, sure. Are you are you willing to sacrifice your <laughs> life for the achievement of that goal? Uh, it comes close because I well. Sacrifice? No, probably not. Would okay. you really want to dunk when you're 90? No, I'm just. God, but it's just no, an idea. But the on. reality is, whatever you're working for is exactly what you're doing. Yeah. You're spending the day that never comes back. So you are sacrificing your life for the, the achievement of that goal. Yeah. So you should look yourself in the mirror regularly and say, "Is this worth this precious one and only life? Because I get no other chance to live this day. This day sits and sunsets, never to come back again." It's a big deal. I had a gray hair in my beard the other day. Shit's changing. I've been noticing. I'm noticing you got a little. You've little, not been noticing. A lot of, fro- a lot of frosty. A lot, a lot of frosty. Uh, I thought it was snowing in here. It's a part of day. life, but when it starts falling out, it's even more upsetting. Um, yeah, when you when you uh, decide to do something, you're committing your life to it. You just may not. I mean, that's what you're really doing because if you're doing it, you're spending your life. You're committing your life to it. You're sacrificing your actual days. Right. And I don't, to not I don't do something is a decision. Correct. Correct. Momentum. He uh, calls momentum Mo. I like that. I like that too. Yeah. Uh, big Mo. What's your relationship with Big Mo? Well, the, the, the little hinge swings the big door, right? Mm-hmm. And then little strokes tumble big oaks. I heard those too <laughs> recently. But I've, always, I've been saying that. It's the small things you do every day count towards the big things you get. Taking little notes become big mo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's 
That's exactly it. And that's why I wanted to, after reading this, wanted to track so bad. Yeah, what um, would you track? Uh, well, that's the thing. Trying to simplify, and I've actually been playing this through mm -hmm. my head. Got to do what I eat, 100%, because that's just, I'm, I'm a mess there. Um, working out, um, it's not that I can't do it consistently, but I'd mm -hmm. love to start looking at different ways to work other ways. I'll weigh 90 pounds my whole life, so I'd like to start somehow incorporating, um, you know, strength training. And then... Uh, this is where I kind of have a fork in the road. Like, I don't know if it's just measuring views and streams and stuff like that, or looking at revenue or, um, there's just so many different things that I, I want to do, but I don't want to sit, make it like an hour and a half process or I won't do anything, obviously, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, sorry. Yeah. That's a really good point that he says in the book that I really took away that I implemented immediately that I tell a lot of people that I work with about habits is that the habits have to fit your lifestyle. So when I say the bookend, when I do what I do is like, that's what shuts my brain off. That's how it works for me. But even like the goal is good sleep. That's like the number one habit I usually mm -hmm. talk about, but it has to fit your lifestyle. And back to the diet, like you said, I do the intermittent fasting. I, I don't mind wait like when I was in corporate especially it was a little easier I didn't mind waiting till 12 or 1 o'clock to eat my first meal because I liked eating late into the night and there were some myths about eating late if that's bad or good but uh, I like that some people really need breakfast when they wake up so they rather like stop eating at 7 p.m. and they don't mind that but the point is it's like the same type of window of eating with intermittent fasting but you have to pick it on your lifestyle I really like that from that book so tailor it right yeah tailor you'll it find a if you track, I think if you track anything, you'll find the Pareto law coming into into play every single time. That revenue, especially, that you'll see that eighty percent of the revenue you got will come down to twenty percent of the things you've done. And if you look at all the time you spend on those that produce the twenty percent of revenue, with eighty percent of the time, you, if you de delete them, you'll free up a heck of a lot of time. Yeah. Same is true for me. I mean, I I know exactly what I can do that's very highly leverageable financially. Um, and that's, that comes back from something my mentor told me when we were in the insurance business in the first week, he says, be good at what everyone else is not good at. For me, that was door knocking and cold calling. I just learned how to do it. I figured it out. I became very good at it. And then once you're good at something, you're good enough to teach. And when you can teach, you can charge a lot. Um, so be good at what everyone else isn't good at. And a lot of people aren't very good at tracking things. Um, but if you know what you're good at, like you can figure out and see what, see what drives revenue and, and views. Well, tracking is a baseline. Like I said before, it's an awareness. And you can't hit targets that aren't there. You have to know like where you, where you stand on things, which is why it's, it's so important. Like You can never be in shape if you don't know what's going in your body. You just can't. No. Um, and you know whether it's a rough estimate of, of caloric intake or whatever it is, mm. but you got you to do that somewhat. Yeah, that's why I weigh myself every day. That's at least one thing I can do if I drift from my, my, my diet plan. Yeah. If you weigh yourself every day, if you look at your bank balances every day, right? If you look at your um, time screen thing on, on the telephone, what is that called? Screen time? You know, look at what you're doing with your time. That's a pretty easy way. You know, Brian uh, Johnson does in his bookends, as he talked about, he reviewed this book, and I always watch his reviews because his are great. He does a, every night he does what's called a digital sunset. So they sunset all digital devices when the sun goes down. They get rid of them for oh, the night. Smart. For the night. So he's not stimulated and he sleeps well. And he goes for a walk with his family every night. That's like a part of his routine. It's a that's very really simple cool. routine. It's not a, 
a difficult one. You know, I wake up, I wake up every day, and if I, usually you beat me up. I get coffee, I go out on the deck, and I try to absorb the book and take some notes on it. So that's when I, I gobble up our books most every day. Switch gears a little bit, but with the tracking, which I thought, which really stood out to me as well, because I didn't see that coming, was when he talks about scheduling time with his wife and dates and like actually putting, putting them on the calendar. Yeah. And he addressed my first thought right when he said that. I'm like, that sounds a little unromantic because you're like scheduling time with your significant other. But he was basically saying that it makes it important. It's like if, it, if it's not there, it, get, it doesn't get done. So that's the way he looks at it. And I thought that was great. You'll find unromantic when you don't do the dates at all. Right, exactly. That'll get, that'll get unromantic fast. And yeah. Yeah. I, yeah that, I mean, it reminds me of David Goggins where it's like you're either getting better or you're getting worse. All these little tiny habits, I think the most impactful thing is or not the most, because I keep saying that about each one, but the, they're invisible. Like the, the steps you're taking are invisible in the moment, mm-hmm. and they're invisible going the other way too. So like if you're not doing them, right. you don't feel progress and you don't feel lack yet, but then it just compounds. And if you're, it's so simple not to do that. It just, it's going to get away from it you. It compounds backwards yeah. too, right? It, yeah, that's, that was a big one. Yeah, uh, you know, this is a kind of an interesting book, similar to this book, One Thing. When I read this, I read this early in my journey of transformation about the dominoes and when I wanted to recreate myself to, in every way, so I got it down to five, you know, your, your mind and brain, your, your, uh, your body, your, uh, your relationships, your learning and your earning. So if you, I call it one by five to thrive, what's one thing you can do in each area to advance that area as much as possible? Right. If you did that for 10 straight days and you committed to doing the best possible thing, just one thing, not a million things, this doesn't have anything to do with tracking, just doing and advancing each area, you'll get a massive, massive result. It's hard to do, though. Just making it simple and being consistent. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the feeling you get when you're done with this. Like, you know, right up front, we were saying how this is kind of a simple book mm-hmm. but th- wouldn't you say that's the uh, beauty it's like as soon as you finish like okay this is doable this is manageable let's draw it out three four <laughs> simple uh simple columns yeah. and uh start tracking he uh he's not writing this book for everyone who's already successful everyone that's already successful knows all these principles he's writing this book for people that think success is a mystery i posted something today it was just a, my designer, uh, my illustrator did a, someone driving on a train and one character is looking out at the, at the path, the river, uh, in the beautiful thing. He's smiling and the other person's looking at the inside of the train, you know, groping and, and people and say, and I got a comment that says, you, you, you're happy because you're, you have money. I said, well, that's what the comment says. I said, no, that's not it at all. It's what you focus on is what makes you happy. And people that are, that do well figured out the compounding effect probably through a good mentor or a good book or a series of those things. But I think he wrote this book for the millions and millions of people that can be that aren't. Sure. And there's some subjectivity to that too. I mean, he, he consults on the compound effect with a lot of CEOs, right? Yeah. People that are doing well. So it's just people that need to internalize their, their situation a little differently. Yeah, I mean, it's a who's who of self-development. Uh, Jim Rohn, T. Harvacker, Tony Robbins, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Tra- uh, what's his name, Tracy, Brian Tracy. Like, that's the who's who. This guy was in the hunt. He, he built a whole business out of success. But that's success. Success is a clue. 
Right. Like just re- reverse engineer what these people do. They all have routines. They all do things consistently. They don't do the big thing. They do the little things. And it adds up. Like the bamboo tree grows underground for five years. You don't see anything and then shoots up. That's it. In eight weeks, 80 feet. Patience, consistency. We still haven't confirmed whether or not that's true. I think it cool, is. It's a cool. <laughs> I've we heard it so to, many times. We want it to be true. <laughs> you know who originally said it was Les Brown? Did he? Yeah, I think he put it on the map. Well, I'm sure it's been reused a million times, but. Yeah. If you look it up, is a, if you put that in a chat room, and I posted it before one of my one of my social media posts, and like lots of people said, no, that's not true. It doesn't grow underground for five years. They go, well, you're ruining a perfectly good metaphor for recreating yourself. Come on. Leave it alone. Leave it alone, kids. Right? What do we think? We good? On to the next? I think so. Let's do it. What we got next? So this is one of our most requested books we've ever gotten. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. A counterintuitive approach to living a good life. Um, This book is flash. I've read it before. It's flashy and kind of in your face, but there's some good good concepts in there. Helps you uh, step out into the world and be a little bit more, take a little bit more initiative with your life. That was my my takeaway from it. I didn't know you read it. Yeah, I'll dive into it. You have an easy work a week. Yeah. Counterintuitive approach. I read it too. First time I heard you swear like that. <laughs> uh, uh, but technically, you were just reading something. Yeah, he's reading. It's true. All right. All righty. Until next time. Be See good. You later, guys.